heard on Spotify Green Room. First. Hello, hello, hello. Happy New Year, everyone. We are in 2022. Crazy. Um, I have been gone for a couple weeks, definitely getting re-energized, reconnected, uh, spending the last few weeks really just, uh, you know, being in one. But I am so excited that you guys are here with me, Lauren Simmons, uh, for Money Moves Today. As always, live on Spotify Green Room on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Today's topic is going to be goal setting and trend forecasting for 2022, which I think everyone going into every new year is new year, new you. How can we set goals? How can we set the intention for the entire year and really be proud of the achievements that we make throughout the year? Um, I want to read a disclaimer that any discussion that we have in this room does not constitute professional or financial advice, and it's merely just my opinions on what I think will work for me work for me based on my experiences and research. Uh, but yeah, I'm so excited for you guys all to be joining the room today. Um, how did you all spend your holiday? Technically, I am still on holiday. I have two more days left. I extended my trip. I'm really loving. I'm at a wellness resort right now um, at a beach and just enjoying this 80 degree weather and soaking it all up before I have to be back uh, to working next week. Um, but yeah, how is everyone um, Gigi, hello. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, I am currently in Miami. So yeah, uh, New York is is too cold. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, how was everyone else's holiday? How are you all feeling about 2022? I am super excited. I think I was already ready for 2022 before... Uh, 2021 was over. I think I was already immensely prepared like a few months before the year had even started. Um, but that's, you know, just kind of how I usually set the year. Oh my goodness, Gigi, you're going to Puerto Rico. I'm so jealous. I, yeah, I'm saying I'm so jealous even though I'm on a beach right now, but I just think being in the beach in warm weather is everything. And it's just everything. Um, but yeah, 22, 2022, we are here in the first episode of the new year. Um, and yeah, I'm ready to, to dive into the main topic, which is going to be goal setting and trend forecasting for 2022. Um, of course, I want you all to raise your hand throughout the episode if you have any questions or insight into the topic. Uh, but we're going to dive into goals and setting intentions. So first off, I want to say that there is definitely a difference between having goals and having uh, having and setting an intention. Um, I set intentions uh, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, 
obviously going into the new year, I will set an intention. I went to an intention ceremony with my mom uh, two, three days ago. Um, and we all sat under the moon. The new moon was on the second. Um, we wrote in our journals, had a tea ceremony, meditated. Um, we did various different things and it was beautiful. I, I think I might post my Instagram story tomorrow. I haven't posted anything from this trip that I'm on, but um, it's nice to be in a community of people uh, where you all are focused on the same thing in the sense of you all are um, setting intentions for the new year and, and having them out um, and something about, you know, writing, you know, pen to paper and having the magic come is just so beautiful. Um, but going back to intentions, I set an intention on a weekly basis in my journal. I set an intention on a daily basis when I wake up in the morning um, and I really think setting an intention really puts the energy and the magic into really achieving what your goals are. Um, goals, I think, are definitely achievements that are usually tied to having an attachment to the outcome. Um, and goals are definitely for the future and intentions are for the present moment. Um, and the fact is you make things happen in the present, not in the future because you're only ever in the present. So I think having an intention and having a goal definitely go hand in hand and they're used for two different things. Um, oh, someone said New York, New, New Year's Eve makes me sad every year for an unknown reason. Uh, it could be um, the holiday blues. I think everybody gets that. I think they get it around their birthday. I know I definitely get sad around my birthday. Um, even if things are fully aligned or and are good. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's expected, especially in the last few years that we've had, especially with COVID and the craziness that has happened. Um, yeah, so let's see. Oh, I've never heard of an intention ceremony. Yeah, I think um, if you guys want to hear more about it, it was definitely a community of people. I think meditating, being with a group of, of individuals, meditating um, helps with whatever your um, intentions are. And it, and it just energizes the group collectively. And it was a beautiful moment. I cried during the ceremony, um, but we all were meditating, laying out under the stars, looking up um, at the sky and really just setting what our goals were are for 2022 and then reflecting on what our goals were for 2021. Um, and, you know, any achievements that we have made that way. I think through my practice of being a stillness, I set goals, but I don't make my goals everything. When I focus on something that I really want in a panic mindset or a desperate mindset, I never seem to seek what I, whatever I'm reaching for. So it's important that I set an intention, write my goal pen to paper, because that's, again, where the magic happens. I meditate on it and I let it go. Uh, for me, a few uh, power meditations that have helped me, Wayne Dyer has a uh, morning and night meditation that I listen to. It's 20 minutes every single day. And I read, oh my goodness, I think it was on CNBC, not Warren Buffett, it was a Ray Dalio, someone 
oh, some billionaire, I'm blanking on the name. He meditates every single day for 40 minutes, 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. And um, it's, I think, a really good practice to have. But for me, I essentially set my day and I release. And um, and by releasing, I let my goals manifest into whatever they're meant to be. And often they're bigger than what I've envisioned. This has helped me achieve and go above and beyond all my goals um, that I want on a year-to-year basis. And my goals in the past have varied very wide from making a certain amount of money, getting different partnerships. Um, I, when I was able to get my first apartment a few years ago, being able to pay for it for the entire 12 month lease. Um, I think my top goal in 2021 wasn't necessarily a big goal. It was just a foundation that I really wanted. And it again was setting the, the intention to put pen to paper for a year straight and writing a gratitude entry every single day. And I think for me, that was everything to, to have a habit that you do on a daily basis, I think was really beautiful. I remember when I um, moved to New York, my first three months while I was looking for a job, I remember I would write every single day for a few months straight. I would meditate. I got my job and I kind of got out of practice of being grateful or writing an entry every single day um, and being grateful and having that moment with myself. And I got back into the practice of writing and being, you know, um, grateful during the pandemic, which I think for all of us was, you know, a good realignment, a good to a good place to go back and, and really, you know, check in with our internal self. And I guess we're still in a pandemic. So pandemic 2022. Um, but yeah, and since then I have not stopped. Um, even if I come home late, really late at night, I will make sure that I'll write one entry. Um, let's see, where do you write down your intentions? Yeah, for me, I write down my intentions. Um, I have a journal. I think I'm on my third journal. Um, and yeah, every single day I write, um, I think mantras are really helpful as well. I think mantras and intentions can be essentially the same thing. I intend to X, Y, Z in the third. Um, and mantras can be, I am beautiful, like a power statement. Um, or even if I'm currently redoing one of the 21 day uh, meditation challenges with Deepak and Oprah, and there is a mantra that, you know, Deepak gives every single day and, I'll say that out loud and kind of have that on my mind throughout, playing on my mind throughout the day, making sure that I go back to whatever I said at the beginning of the days, um, the beginning of the day. And that's kind of how I work through my day. Um, so, yeah, um, I struggle with, sorry, just reading some of the comments. I struggle with journal, laying and writing things down. How do you create a habit? So, First things first is 21 days to create a habit. And I think that is one of the things about the beauty and like having goals and having intentions is like intentions are really present moment. And I think they really help to what your goal is. So if your intention is I want to journal or write things down on a daily basis, you know, take um, for or I want to write for an entire year an entry of like gratitude 
the daily work that you would be doing is your intention and you would write on a daily basis, but it takes 21 days to form a habit. And I think journaling can, I I think it's, I, I attribute so much of my success to being able to like have just those five moments, five minutes to myself. And some people will say 20 minutes, some people will say 40, some people will say 10. I think really it's, you know, what, what feels good for the soul and like what feels good for you. But I think, the way to do it is really start in baby steps, giving yourself five minutes a day, get a journal that you get excited about. Like I, I go kind of all out with my journals. I um, go to this website, Papier, I think that's how you pronounce it, P-A-P-I-E-R. And, um, and they have different designs and I don't know. And the current one that I have right now is like blue and marble looking and I've had like floral ones. Anyways, I get excited about writing with my purple pen. I write with a purple pen. I love the journal that I write in and it gets me excited and energized and wanting, you know, me being eager to want to write in the journal. So I think making it a whole moment is everything. So if you're trying to commit to at least five minutes of journaling or five minutes into getting into that habit, get excited about wanting to get into the habit and whether that's like putting on a candle which I will sometimes do that as well, setting the mood, um, putting on music or putting on meditation music or listening to audiobook. Like I think, you know, you have to find like what feels good and what's going to energize you. And so I think, you know, finding what feels good for you will help. Um, but yeah, I was really proud of, of just being able to have a gratitude journal, a good book that I would recommend to everyone. And it's a quick read. I actually just read it yesterday or the day before. And I've read this book before, but it's the seven laws of success by Deepak Chopra. You could read it, uh, cover to cover less than three hours. Um, and he really breaks down like the difference between like desire and intention and the law of potentiality and the law of success and the law of karma. And, um, and it, you know, just kind of realigns all the work that I've been doing over the years because your brain is a muscle and you want to make sure that you're still working out that muscle and, and staying focused. And, and I think also with the 21 days of forming a habit, don't be too hard on yourself. Like you're human. If you skip a day, don't worry, you move forward. I think the last two years that I've set the intention of writing on a daily basis, I've only missed four days. Yes, four. And you know, the very next day I get back on it. I'll write. I don't double write. I'm not too hard on myself. Like I'm human and I just move forward. And I, but I do set the intention of, okay, one day is fine. I'm not going to go off for a week. I'm going to, you know, make it really important to, to continue on. But today's episode, I'm really excited about, um, Cameron Brink, who will be joining us today. And we are going to discuss a little bit more about goal setting and, uh, yeah. Oh, here she is. Hey, Cameron. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can. Hi, thank you for joining. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so happy you're here. How was your holidays? Oh, they were good. I actually um, just tested positive for COVID over my break. I know. I feel like everyone's getting it, but I recovered. Now I'm back practicing with my team. But I think it's just a good reminder to keep wearing your mask. 
for oh everyone. You know, it's it's kind of scary out there, but but yeah, I got over it. I feel great now. So yeah. Well, good. We're happy that you're you're like healthy and safe. And yeah, no, we. My entire family was supposed to come down. It was my mom's 50th birthday, and we were surprising her. And um, the family member tested positive, and so we were like, "Everyone, stay up north." <laughs> I know <laughs> it's down. so hard. It's I so know, hard. I know, because we're like literally on the third season of this, and I think everyone is just you know ready to go back to some type of normalcy. Um. But yeah, but again, thank you so much for joining. So obviously we're talking about goal setting. Um, how do you set goals for yourself, Cameron? Yeah, I was actually just listening to you um, a bit earlier. And I think what you said was amazing. I love, you know, I think writing it down is super important. Anything you want to you wanna achieve, you want to strive for, you know, writing it down um, is something I start with. Um, but even before that, I kind of look back on my past performances, whether that's, you know, academics wise, basketball, um, anything. And I really, I reflect Mm -hmm. and then I I focus on one thing and make it super straightforward. Like if I want to become a better shooter in basketball, um, you know, I focus on like, okay, you're going to get in the gym and put up a hundred shots or more a day and see where that takes you. And then I also love what you said about like, you know, kind of letting it go, like not, not focusing on it too much, like not torturing yourself in a sense, but, um, you know, just making it, um, a focal point by writing it down. And, um, yeah, that's what I would say. And Cameron, can you explain to the audience a little bit about what you do? Obviously you said you're a basketball player, but can you tell them a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, of course. So I'm a sophomore at Stanford university. I am on the women's basketball team and, and yeah, I think, my team, we won a national championship last year, which was really Ooh, exciting. That's so yeah. exciting. And that was even crazier because it was during a pandemic, kind of going back to the COVID mm-hmm. conversation we had earlier. It was it was really hard, you know, playing in a bubble, mm-hmm. uh, but we got it done. I'm really proud of my team and I. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so I think the hot topic that has been been circling around college athletes is the new rule that happened a few months ago with NCAA created a policy allowing college athletes to profit from their name and likeness, which this could be longer than a 15 minute conversation. But yeah. um, how has this policy changed your life and career? Yeah, I mean, I I could talk forever about that. It's really, it's just been six months since since it's been adopted Uh into, you know, NC2A stuff and everything. But I think it's really um, made me take ownership of my brand and my career. And I've really grown up in the past six months. I just turned 20 and I I feel like I've, (laughs) thank you. Um, I feel like I've grown up a lot and I mean, with that being said, without my, I have an agency I work with, uh, I work with Wasserman and especially my parents help a lot with all the brand deals and all the influencer stuff I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but being, you know, being an influencer and working through social media and working with brands has really made me take ownership of what I have to do. And it's really made me grow up. So, yeah. I, can you explain for those who don't know, like, what was it like before the policy? Like if you were a normal influencer, meaning you weren't um, a college athlete, like you would be able to get these brand deals, no questions asked. But there, it was different for college athletes before. Yeah. So before NIL, um, athletes, we, we couldn't profit from our name and image whatsoever. 
So if a brand wanted to come to us and be like, we'll pay you this amount to post an Instagram story, like we can do that. And that would actually be a, a huge violation. So we had to be extremely careful about crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Your name. It's, it's you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I know, um, all athletes were all super grateful for this this opportunity, but I mean, yeah, you, you, you could make one mistake and be ineligible for competition, which is just crazy. So, I mean, yeah, life was a little bit more simple before, but I'm so grateful for the opportunity. It's, it's made me grow up so much. Um, but yeah, before, I mean, I only had to bounce school and basketball mm-hmm. and that's kind of like this third thing that's being thrown at me, but it's been, a, it's been a ride for sure. Um, who have you leaned on to help with your finances? I know you said your, your mom, do you have a, a lawyer? Do your agents help go through your contracts? Do you read through your contracts? Yeah, I actually, I mean, that's something I'm still learning along the way. It's all so new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say my parents and my agencies, they play the biggest role. I mean, without them, I couldn't, I couldn't do any of this. I probably wouldn't be doing anything with NIL because it's, it's so hard to balance being a, a student at Stanford mm-hmm. um, just on its own. And then I have three hour practices every day. So, you know, I don't really have time to read through a whole contract. Uh, I'll, I'll try my best, but um, knowing I have that trust in my agency and my parents has been really helpful. And then um, I've also I've also learned so much about how to deal with my money and mm-hmm. what to invest it in. And I'm I honestly would have I have a lot of questions for you about that stuff. Oh, I was gonna say I <laughs> I, I wanted to know how you kind of work through that, but um, I mean we we can have a sidebar conversation or have you come come back on and and talk yeah. about how how you how you do that because I I have questions like how much are you saving from your contracts, but um, but we can talk about that another time kind of walk me through it. If I was a person now, I understand that you are an athlete, but if I'm a person who is an influencer and and obviously for me, like I also have um, my team as well. And I've been really grateful for the introductions that I've made, but what advice would you give to people who are building a brand who need um, someone to lean on one with their finances, but two for contracts, where would you direct them to say um, you should go to this person to help with your contracts or, or how did you navigate going through that? So I'm really, I'm very lucky. So my God sister, I know. Um, so I, I'm related in a, a weird way to the Currys, um, Stephen Curry, Seth Curry. And my, so I call her my God sister, Sadell mm-hmm. Curry, Sadell Curry Lee now. Um, mm-hmm. She's a new mom. I love her. She's an amazing um, mental health influencer. And she was kind of like a great resource for me to, you know, go to about all this stuff. And she actually had a lawyer that I would go to, to go through contracts, like initially signing with my agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just really, it's really great to have connections in that sense. Um, but yeah, she's been a great role model in that sense for me. Yeah, no, I, I think um, definitely tapping into your network of people is, is always really helpful. And also you also, for people who are listening, like you also don't know who's part of your network. My first deal that I got, I, um, I have this movie coming out with AGC Studios and I remember, you know, a lot of people reaching out and thinking, okay, who's going to represent me? Who's going to help me? And I, as far as like the entertainment or like the influencer world had zero connections. I was dating a guy at the time 
who I just happened to have a conversation with him and he was able to connect me with an agency. And so for anyone who I do think representation is everything, you may not necessarily need an agent or a management team, but I do think having a lawyer to look over your contracts is everything because mm-hmm. some of these contracts that get thrown your way um, have verbiage in it, like in perpetuity, which for people... Yes. I don't know what that yeah. is. They pretty much have your likeness, your name, your face for the rest of your life, like mm. in probably even after your life. Um, and so I signed a really bad deal early on in my career. I mean, it is what it is. Um, and if since then, I said I will never make that mistake again. But I, I think like, yeah, you can have a big team. But I think the main thing is having a lawyer and someone to really read through those contracts and answer any and all questions that you have and making sure that you really take the time to sit down uh, to read the contracts. And if you can't read the contracts, making sure that you trust your team. In your case, it's definitely your family mm-hmm. um, and obviously your lawyers. Um to, to help you with that process, which I think is just number one when, especially when you're doing these brand deals or doing these partnerships, because they will definitely utilize you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's been, it's been super overwhelming at times. So you're right. Just, I think it was almost like, you know, so getting recruited to a college is stressful in itself. Yeah. Like, am I going to choose the right college Mm -hmm. and all that stuff? And then kind of choosing the right agency felt the same way. Like, <laughs> do these people, do they align with my values and my beliefs? And, and then, so finding, um, wash them into which, I mean, they're, they're absolutely amazing. They work with some of the best athletes in, in the business. So, um, I think finding people that align with what you believe in and what, you know, your beliefs and what you want to do, um, that was really important for me. And that's kind of been really helpful. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, so you now have your contracts in place, you have your team. Um, how do you continually, continuously successfully build your own brand? What do you think, what advice would you give to other people? I would say just, I mean, this is probably super cliche, but just staying super, you know, authentic to yourself, only post things that bring you joy, um, partner, partner with brands that you actually would go out and buy on your own. Um, and yeah, also I think what's really help, helpful for me, like staying authentic is keeping things low stress. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if I have to work with five brands in one week, like that's not going to make the quality of my content good. And that's mm-hmm. going to just create a head, headache for everyone around me. So like choosing um, things I'm passionate about, things that align with my beliefs and values and things that won't cause me too much stress. I think that's yeah. what I would say. And and I don't think that that is cliche. I think whether it's working with a brand or whether it's um, finding a new job, like you want to be aligning with the companies, whether you're, you know, the face or whether you're working for the company, you want to be in alignment with who you work or part of that company. And so asking all the right questions. And honestly, if a company doesn't align, you can, you have the power to walk away and say, this, this isn't for me. Like, and that's perfectly honest and okay. And it's not a, a wrong or right thing. It's what feels right for you you. And that's all that matters. Like it, I'm sure that there, um, in your case, a lot of money thrown your way. Like I've, I've, I'm, I'm currently there and there were, there are definitely brands <laughs> that I won't, um, partner with because they just don't represent, you know, my, my core values or mm-hmm. align with who I am. And, 
and that's just what it is. Um, Cameron, do you have any questions for me? I do. I, I would just love to know. So you're obviously in a very male dominated field. Yes. And I just would love to know like how that's affected the way you, you know, present and man- maintain your, your amazing brand. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, I, I'm saying, oh my goodness, because I feel like this answer changes year to year as I get older. I'm so old now. I'm 27. Kidding. But I, I'm 27 <laughs> and I feel like, um, as to you, like my life has changed so much, especially like six months to a year and so on and so forth. But I think working in a male dominated space, there's a lot of expectations for women to act a certain way. And then if you don't go with the norm, like I'm very feminine, I'm very girly. I also speak very much on my mind. I think it's from living in New York and um, just being really direct with people. And it really, uh, catches people off guard <laughs> and they're yeah. like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Um, but it, it is what has helped is having a strong foundation. Obviously, like whenever I am thinking about a big decision or navigating something, I will always really lean on my mom to kind of walk through some of the big decisions that I'm making. But also back to what you said, just being authentically yourself. I think the more you are in tune with who you are and you can learn how to know who you are through the power of meditation, I think that that's everything, but through the power of stillness or working out or something that gets you like in the zone and alignment the better you know who you are. And I think the better the better you know who you are, it's very hard for people to take advantage for you or for you to be able to navigate in a way that doesn't feel good for your soul. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, thank you. So I think for me that that's the, the best thing that I do. I, I, I definitely listen to advice from others, but I try to just lean on myself and kind of take it from there. Um, are there any things that you are excited about for 2022? My last question for you. Oh my God. I'm excited for so much. I think um, just continuing to take advantage of my resources at Stanford because it's mm-hmm. such an amazing place. Like I, I'm so humbled to be here. You're surrounded by so many geniuses and bright minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a big thing for me, kind of creating um, connections here and then, um, obviously, I want to win another national championship with my team. That's you a will. Big goal of mine. <laughs> Hopefully. You will. You are. It's already done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> and then I think lastly, um, just continuing to grow in the space that's been provided for me through NIL um, and especially like, you know, really learning how to take care of my fa- finances and um, being smart with money because, you know, I could really be set up for my future. I mean, earning this amount of money at like so young could really yeah. set me up for my future, especially as a, a female basketball player. Like you're not making a ton. Um, mm-hmm. And that's an aspiration of mine. Like I would love to play in the WNBA and you know, you're not making that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, putting some money away, maybe retiring early, like that could be something amazing. So yeah, just learning how to, you know, learning and growing. That's my goal. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Cameron, for hopping on today. And I wish you a prosperous 2022. You're going to have an incredible year. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. I'm your gal, especially when it comes to money and finance, <laughs> uh, especially working with like, uh, you know, women in basketball and like growing their money. Cause I think that that's also important. The earlier that you can start growing your money, the better, and you can retire early and you will be able to retire early. 
But uh, thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. And yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm so honored to be on. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. 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 That's so exciting. Uh, Cameron was wonderful. I think that that was a great conversation. Um, Yeah, I'm loving the comments. So happy that the NCAA is allowing players to accept brand deals. Um, Yeah, they do. They were making a lot of money from uh, those basketball games, the schools and everything else. Um, But resuming with the main topic, which is trend forecasting for 2022, I want you guys to raise your hands. Um, You know, please me tap in the type in the box, anything that you want to say. But I know that the big topics are what are some trends I think I'll be seeing in the next year. Um, and you guys are absolutely allowed to ask any and all questions, any questions for me, hopefully I can answer. Um, and yeah, so kind of diving into it, uh, there is going to be a lot in 2022. (laughs) Um, I think as we look towards this new calendar year, I won't say that there is a best or a worst time to invest in the stock market because that's what everyone wants to know. Um, invest, of course, once you have done your thorough due diligence and then take it from there. But generally speaking, for new investors uh, who will go into this new year, um, I think it's some things that you will expect in 2022 or something that you should look for is you know, how will that, how will that dictate what your investments look like? Um, I do believe that there's a storm brewing, um, that is happening in, in 2022, especially with the conversation that the feds had today, um, on inflation and saying that there definitely will be two or not two, there will definitely be, um, hikes in, in the rates, uh, interest for this year, so there are a lot of things to be prepared for um, or preparing for as we go into this 2022 year. But what I do think for me, what is all, I mean, there's so many that I feel like this is a long topic, but um, I'll first start off with saying I am very much interested in the potential banning of payment for order flow. If you all aren't aware of what payment for order flow order flow is. It has been a controversial topic, especially with the congressional hearing that Robin Hood had earlier this year. Payment for order, for, payment for order flow is uh, breaking it down. It's basically the money that a stockbroker gets from a market maker in exchange for routing their clients' trades to third parties for ex- execution. So what does all this hoopla mean to you? Companies such as Robinhood or Charles Schwab all profit off of redirecting your trades to a third party. Why is this bad? It's not necessarily, I'm not going to say it's necessarily terrible, um, but there has been concern around the ethics of payment for order flow and if it's unethical. Um, What is fact is that payment for order flow is banned in Europe. So if they ban payment for order flow here in the U.S. for big apps like Robinhood. And by the way, every trading platform, Charles Schwab, um, J.P. Morgan, Robinhood, they all use it. So it's not like someone is using it and someone else is not using it. Um, however, 
how much they get incentivized and paid for it will be really interesting. And um, if that is banned, um, these firms will have to change their model and get paid a different way. And if you invest in a stock, um, not just on the app, but you've actually, let's say, just give an example, actually bought shares of Robinhood, their stock price could be affected and can go down. Um, and so what does that mean for you as the investor? You can't use the zero fee charge of trades to make trades, which could potentially be what is changed if payment forward flow is, is, is banned, um, which means we could essentially go back to an era where we're trading and you're charged a fee, which is why uh, Robinhood was such a disruptor in this space because they allowed for there to be trades um, at a zero commission fee, which was nice. Um, it's a slippery slope, but honestly, I do think payment forward flow or apps like Robinhood that you know were a disruptor in the space, they allowed um, new investors uh, to be able to have a seat at the table and to be able to trade without a fee. Um, and so I'm really curious to see if that will actually get banned, what that will look like, and how that would impact us as novice investors. The second trend is obviously inflation. Uh, the good thing about inflation, if there is a good thing, um, is that higher interest rates means bond prices will be lower. So they'll be buying opportunities uh, and buying bonds if you're interested in buying any bonds. I don't buy bonds. I'm not um, as educated in bonds. Like I'm, I'm definitely, I know my strengths, which uh, is buying um equities and kind of going from there. And I'm honest about that. Um, but also when interest rates are higher, you can have a higher return rate in your savings account. So if we look at high yield savings account um, right now, there's only a 0.5% um, rate of return, um, which isn't great, but it could go up. But there are definitely other areas to park and grow your money that you'll have a better return but if you are a conservative investor, this is something that you could definitely look into. Yeah, but let me just sidebar on high yield savings accounts because I actually just had a personal experience where I saw firsthand how much I don't like high yield savings accounts, even if the interest does go up on them. Um, so my high yield savings account, I invested $10,000 uh, three years ago. And I invested 10000 because I have a Wells Fargo account to be able to avoid the monthly fees or whatever. I think you needed to have a minimum or 10000 or something like that. So I invested 10000 And I kid you not, I checked my savings the other day and it has only gone up $10,000.50. $10,053, right? However, last year, 2021, right? I'm like, what year are we in? Um, or 2020, 2020, oh my goodness, is 2020 or 2021? Uh, 2020, in March 2020, I invested $334 in the stock market. I had done my due diligence. I was ready to play the game. I, I knew what stock I wanted to invest in and I invested and $334. I went to check my account the other day um, 
like last week or something like this. And my mouth dropped and it dropped because I saw that my account had grown to over $6,000. So that's over an 1800% return. And it was one of those moments where I speak a lot about when we're investing, we're thinking of long-term game. We're thinking of more than 12 months. We're thinking of, you know, we're not thinking anything short-term or anything less than 12 months. And so to see that rate of return happen a little over a year is insane. And to see that a savings account, which has its benefits, it does. It definitely is for a more conservative investor. Um, you obviously won't lose money, but for my account that had $10,000 and it to only go up $53 is bananas. Like I, and I'm not saying this is like an advertisement, put your money in the stock market. No, like obviously do your research, do your due diligence, do what feels right to you. But I do think that the banks and high yield savings accounts aren't, they're not top on the list. There are obviously other ways to park your money. There's cryptocurrency, there's NFTs, which I've spoken very openly about um, both. Um, but I do believe that um, high yield savings accounts aren't the greatest. And I wish I would have invested, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I wish I would have invested that 10,000 into the stock market. But nonetheless, um, I, I, it, it's just very interesting to say the least. Um, the third trend um, is the impact of COVID still years later. Um, every few months we're hearing of a new mutation. The current mutation is the Omicron, which I think has impacted a lot of people's um, holidays. We're going into the new year where people are returning back to school, potentially back to work. And there's a lot of um, what happens next. And obviously, when the outbreak, when we first heard of the Omicron outbreak in South Africa a few weeks ago, the market reacted crazy. It went down 900 points. Um, and that obviously has impacted unemployment, supply chain uh, disruptions and, you know, potential lockdown in other countries. Um, so it definitely impacts all sectors. Um, but I do think that when it comes to... Um, the stock market in general, especially travel and, and leisure, um, you know, there will at some point be buying opportunities and travel and leisure because we are going to bounce back from this. And this would be the time, maybe not right now, but there, this would be around the time that you would want to invest in those stocks because we are eventually going to bounce back. Um, but if you are thinking about investing in the stock market, um, Always look at having defensive stocks such as consumer staples or healthcare stocks. Those, I'm not going to say that if the market crashes that they uh, won't crash as well. They will, but they'll be a little bit more resilient versus other sectors. Um, and then most of the time they will withstand a recession or any other bad news we have coming our way. And yeah. Oh, y'all, my grandma's on here. That's so cute. Hey, grandma. Um, and so, yeah, but I do think 2022 is definitely going to be another rocky year. But I do, obviously, like from personal experience and seeing like how I parked my money in a high yield savings account, parking my money into the stock market, I 
again, make sure that you educate yourself and you really understand like what you're putting your money towards. But um, I do think that there are definitely gains and benefits to investing and parking your money in different places. And this isn't, again, an advertisement of just investing in the stock market. You can definitely invest in real estate. You can invest in crypto. You can invest in the NFTs. You can invest it in your education. There are many other ways to invest your money and get a rate of return, but do what feels right for you and kind of just go from there. Um, And I think the other thing not related to the stock market, but what we'll see is like the student loans have been paused again, which is really nice, uh, which is exciting. Um, They've been paused until May, which means no interest for another five months. So if you have extra money, put that on your top of list and start paying off some of those student loans um, and kind of take it from there. I, I think that this has been a great opportunity. If you are working, have steady income, you are doing your 50-30-20 rule, you have uh, additional money, start paying off those student loans that don't accrue any interest and kind of take it from there. Um, but yeah, I'm curious if you all have any questions for me, um, what you guys are excited about uh, for the stock market or anything at all. I see um, a lot of people have invested in index funds. I do think index funds are great. Um, I think it's a, a way to get your feet wet and kind of take it from there. I definitely look at individual stocks and Remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I will definitely, it took me, I worked on the floor for two years. I didn't make my first, buy my first stock until uh, a year after I left the trading floor. So I definitely took all the time and all the knowledge and resources before I invested and and decided to, to take that next step. Um. But yeah, I think uh, I'm definitely really excited about all the opportunities that are coming in 2022 and all the financial news that is coming out and what that will look like uh, for the future. And uh, definitely excited for everyone that has joined the conversation today. Um, Cameron was great. Um, Wait, what is your question? But can you ever really know? Uh, No, I don't think you ever can really know, but that's one of the things about investing is doing what feels good for you. If you lose money, you lose money, but you're not gambling your money, right? This is disposable money that you have that you're not looking to gain or lose. It's just nice when you do gain and you say, oh, I've, you know, made a rate of return on this. But if you have, you know, if you only have $5 to your name, you wouldn't invest those $5 and lose it all. It just wouldn't make any sense. Um, but if you have, you know, money sitting around and you have budget and you saved and you, you know, don't have any credit card or student loan debt, um, I do think it's nice to be able to, you know, park your money into different avenues and kind of take it from there. I'm not going to say what the stock I invested in, because uh, I feel like everyone's going to be like, oh, invest in the stock. And again, it's not an advertisement of like invest in the certain stock, but, um, you know, just really. And, and again, I don't want to say, oh, invest in the stock and then the stock ends up crashing tomorrow. And then everyone's like, but you told me. Um, but I definitely, you know, took the time before I invested in, in the stock and kind of went from there. 
Any beginner tips for someone who wants to get their feet wet with investing in 2022? Yeah, well, one, obviously, I know I keep saying it, due diligence, um, but definitely uh, taking the time, understanding what your risk tolerance is, right? Like if you're a gambler, your risk tolerance is going to be high. Um, Also understanding what different companies have to offer. I, again, really look at ESG investing, environmental social governance investing. You have to figure out what aligns with your ethos and what you want to invest in and not investing because you think you're going to be a millionaire overnight. Again, if I had the answers to that, I probably wouldn't be working at 27 years old. Um, But investing what feels right for you and then kind of take it from there. And then the next step, obviously, is like opening up opening up your own brokerage account. Each brokerage account from different companies is going to be different. I have mine with TD Ameritrade. I think uh, the educational resources that are there are really great and really beneficial. There are other um, user-friendly geared towards younger uh, people, such as Robinhood, that I think um, can be helpful as well. But you Go through, understand what um, products and services each company has to offer, what incentives they have, and kind of take it from there, what you're trying to invest in. If you're trying to invest in crypto, um, some uh, platforms aren't going to be as good as other platforms, and some will have associated fees. If you're trying to invest in options, if you're trying to invest in bonds, equities. So really understanding what it is, one, that you're trying to invest in, what your risk tolerance is. And then opening up a brokerage account is really easy. You can do it online. It's less than five minutes. Um, You usually have to give your social, uh, your name, date, birthday, address, and and there you go. Um, Important things to look out for. Um, I think for me, obviously, like I am trying to pay as little fees as possible. So I'm looking at different apps and what fees that they have. I'm looking at customer service, which I think is really huge. If you're customer service, um, I can't get in touch with, I like at Bank of Wells Fargo, I can call them anytime, anytime, 24-7. If I can't reach you 24-7, um, then you're probably not the platform for me. Um, or if there's a minimum minimum investment that you have to put into the account, um, they're like a multitude of things that you could look out for. It kind of is what, you know, what are you specifically looking for and kind of take it from there. But for me, it was definitely customer service. It was definitely fees associated. It was definitely a minimum of what I was in, needed to open an account. And then the last one, what was I investing in? And for me, I was just investing in equities. So it, it was a little bit different. And then the other thing is the educational resources on the platform. Do I have accessibility to the research to make sure that I'm doing the due diligence um, of purchasing a stock uh, once I was ready to purchase? Schwab is a good one. I mean, I, there aren't, I'm not going to say there aren't too many bad ones. I think what's different is the, the products and services that they offer. And again, if you're investing um, in options or crypto or in the fees associated with that, I'm kind of, you know, straight, straight, you know, vanilla ice cream. So like for me, most platforms offer equities and no um, fees. And so it, it it's a multitude of websites that have, or platforms that I could have used. And I, chose TD Ameritrade because it, you know, felt the most right for me. 
Um, but I don't really think there are too many uh, platforms that are more superior than others, honestly, not in today's time. Um, but yeah, I, um, and I guess a closer, like, what are you guys looking most forward to for this new year? Um, I think for me, it's definitely kind of what Cameron said, growing and learning and getting deeper in my practice and, you know, being the best version of Lauren and being excited about who wakes up on a daily basis. And I'm just really excited for all the growth and all the new opportunities that are coming my way as well. And I'm, you know, super grateful, super grateful for this show and you guys all coming on. I mean, the top of the year, I'm so excited for the engagement and for you guys taking the time to, to hop on, uh, this room. And, um, yeah, and just reading some of the comments, being more proactive about investing and making money moves. I love it, cheeky. Um, yeah, I I do think that this, you know, is is. They always say there's always like there's never a wrong time to start investing and start investing as early as possible. And I always say that and put like an asterisk next to it, like yes, once you you know don't have any debt and so on and so forth. Yeah, like start investing as early as possible as you can. But I do think, um, so yeah, it's nice um, if you can start investing. And I think because there will be so many buying opportunities in 2022, because there is going to be a lot of ups and downs, uh, you know, 2022 is filled with so many opportunities of making money moves and um, having the potential to, to see your money grow at a higher rate than, you know, at a high yield savings account. And I hate to bash high yield savings account, but, you know, it's just jarring to see, uh, you know, the low percentage your money can grow. But, um, but yeah, and oh my goodness, I'm loving the comments. I've been following you forever and I've been really impressed with you ever since the LinkedIn ad, which is when I found you on Instagram. Oh, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it and so grateful for everyone's time. And I cannot wait to talk to you on the next Money Moves right here on Spotify Green Room, which will be every other Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And if you missed the past live room, catch up really easy. Just open the Spotify app, search for my podcast, Mind, Body, Wealth on Spotify and start listening. I can't wait for you all to start listening to Mind, Body, Wealth as well. That's um, a lot of new, exciting guests and episodes that are coming out for 2022. Definitely. It's a refresh, recharge, um, re-energize. Um, amazing Spotify team. So grateful for everyone um, and so excited for uh, new episodes and new episodes of Money Moves. Um, so I will see you all in two weeks. But in the meantime, don't forget to follow my podcast, Mind, Body, Wealth, for free on Spotify. And yeah, any other updates, definitely follow me on Instagram if you're not and any new exciting updates because I have a lot coming up very soon. Um, so be prepared. A lot of, lot of new announcements being made. But thank you all for your time and happy new year. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.